This is a Federal News Network podcast. It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk here on the Federal News Network. I am Tony Bernetti from Feds Protection, and today is Friday, April 17th, 2020, and we are recording the show from our shelter-in-place locations in light of the global health crisis we are currently in the middle of with the COVID-19 outbreak. And certainly before I start the show, I just want to say that, you know, we at Fed Talk hope that you and your families are finding strength each day during these challenging times. Today, we'll be discussing some important resources available to federal employees and have some recommendations for feds during these times of financial uncertainty and vulnerability brought on by the COVID-19 crisis. Both of today's guests will address various concerns federal employees may have in the fallout of work from home, self-isolation, and maybe some issues with their financial standings. So our first guest is uh, a good friend here from Fed Talk, is Joyce Warner. The executive director of the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund, FIA, or known as FIA. FIA is the, is the only independent 501c3 organization dedicated solely to providing emergency financial assistance and scholarships to, to federal employees and their families, and, and just a real good uh, friend of mine, and certainly our chosen charity here at Feds um, we like to promote to our members. So good morning, Joyce. Thanks for being here today. Morning, Tony. Later on in the show, we'll have Greg Klingler, the Director of Wealth Management at GIBA, Government Employee Benefit Association. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone that Fed Talk is brought to you by Federal Long-Term Care Partners. Long-Term Care Partners administers the Office of Personnel Management-sponsored Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program. For more information, go to www.ltcfeds.com. That's ltcfeds.com. So Joyce, I know there's some there's a bunch of information I want to get into um, with you today, but just take a few minutes and introduce uh, FIA to our listeners, please. Sure. So FIA was founded in 1986. Um, it's very similar to some of the military relief organizations that exist, and basically, it's it's a safety net for our federal civilian public servants. We say that we are the charity for and by federal employees. And by that, we mean we are there to serve feds with all of our programs, but really many feds are the ones who contribute um, to their colleagues through our program. So they contribute their, their time, their thoughts, and their financial resources to help us achieve our mission. And um, for people that are looking to donate, get more information, website is FIA.org? Yep, FIA.org, F-E-E-A.org. Okay, that's F-E-E-A.org, and there's a wealth of information on there, and I want to sort of jump into that right now and sort of just, you know, tell us what FIA is kind of doing in response to this pandemic and, and getting information available to feds. Yeah. So, you know, we have pulled together a resource uh, page and you can get to it right from our homepage. It's the first thing you will see. And and we came up with this right away because um, we knew during the shutdown, it's very hard to kind of get everything you might need in one place. Um, there's the official things, there's news sites, there's other resources. So we have done this before where we kind of curate in one place what we think feds need to access. Um, legitimate uh you know, information that's compartmentalized in ways for them to access. So we did that with the resource page. It's only been up, um, I think, maybe a week and a half or so, two weeks. And it's been very popular. I mean, it's had over 10,000 people come to visit it. Uh, so what you can find on there is a whole bunch of things. First, all the things about your employment and the virus. So uh, the link to the Department of Labor, things around workers' compensation. 
the link to the Department of Labor poster, incredibly popular, that was developed for federal employees about the Families First Act, explaining the leave, the additional leave that was passed. Um, Things like links to all of your uh, federal employee health benefit providers directly to their website. So you can see how, depending on what plan you're on, um, what their advice is around the virus. So there's all those things about, I'm a Fed, what about that, right? Then um, there are things that other agencies are doing in response to the to the virus. So things related to the uh, uh, de- deferment of student loan payments or um, things about avoiding scams the Federal Trade Commission has out. So there's a whole set there. Then we move into kind of the personal space, right? My kids are at home. Um, a lot of the school systems are struggling to produce online content or access things. So we have a whole set of resources for elementary, middle, high school, learning resources you can access for free. We have things about managing stress and isolation. Um, We have things about teleworking, brand new space. I hope we can talk a little bit more about teleworking later, Tony. Teleworking is a big big thing. And for a lot of people, it's new. So there's, there's a lot on there. And um, including some financial resources, I know Greg's going to talk more about that later, some of which we've developed with Greg in the past, but we've tried to put um, just some access and we are constantly updating that resource. Right. No, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I got to say it, it looks, you know, the, the whole idea for this show came from me getting the email um, about, you know, the resources and, and you guys pulling it all together. And, you know, when you're getting right, every time we turn on our computers, we're getting a COVID-19 message from somebody in our in our lives. Right. You know, some right. operations and and there's so much information out there. Um, and I really felt, you know, for federal employees, this looked like a, a good you know, first one-stop, one-stop shop, you know, for people to go to, I mean, like you said, I mean, I mean, the, the, the new Families First Leave Act is an important thing, you know, that, that they may, you know, want to get questions answered about. Um, but there's really, you know, there's really everything, you know, on there, you know, as you pointed out, the, the, the telework tips, which I do want to talk about here in a little bit, um, you know, but I even love, you know, it's spring break time, right? So you got virtual spring break, you know, ideas here or, or, you know, great ideas here to help um, pass the time as as I was getting ready for the show. I just emailed this link to my wife and said, you know, (laughs) we got a 16 year old at home, you know, that we're constantly trying to keep busy. And like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good, um, you know, good tips there. Um, But what do you find, I guess, with the calls that you're getting, what, what folks are, Mm -hmm questions they have the most and what their concerns are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, I would say there's two different things right now. And we'll talk a little bit about the, um, the financial assistance we're giving a little later, but I would say there's a group of people who were, who were caught um, without any leave with um, before they, um, before the families first act was passed. Right. So if you, got sick early, you got caught potentially without leave. So there's some folks in that category that we're hearing from. But in so on social media, what we're hearing from um, from folks, first off, a lot of, a lot of thanks for the information in, in one spot. But you know, there, there, there's dialogue. I mean, it's not necessarily something FIA can immediately contribute to, but there are concerns about PPE, right? Personal protective, um, where for, for the people who are out public facing. I think that's a really big concern. Unfortunately, I I wish there was something we could do more about that. We don't want to compete with health institutions um, in in bidding and trying to supply that. Um, I think that would be something we would hope to address in the future, maybe, but that's not something we can address now because we don't want to compete with states and localities and trying to procure that. And of course, the federal government. Right. Well, you're listening to Fed Talk on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Joyce Warner, the Executive Director of FIA. We're discussing how FIA is supporting federal employees in response to the current pandemic. We'll continue our discussion after this break and a word from our sponsor. <laughs> 
Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on the Federal News Network. I'm Tony Vernetti from Feds, and I'm here with Joyce Warner, the Executive Director of FIA, and we're talking about the things that FIA is doing, the information that they're providing in, for Feds in response to the to the current um, pandemic. Um, so, Joyce, when we when we took a break, you were talking a lot about your resource page, what you have up there, um, the help in Feds. Um, but I guess I wanted to hear more about what kind of concerns that you're hearing and, and specifically what, what FIA is able to do to help federal employees who are experiencing hardships here. Sure. So we're, we're starting out and we're really trying to prepare and focus for those feds that become sick themselves or they have an immediate family member in their household that becomes sick that they have to physically care for. Um, um, or unfortunately, when a Fed passes away, you know, the spouse, the children, the family, those, that's where we're focusing our energies right now. So in the first two categories, you know, if you're a Fed and you're sick and you have exhausted all of your available leave, um, either yourself, either for yourself or because you're caring for a child who's sick or a spouse that's sick, maybe your mother lives with you, et cetera. Um, in those cases, we are providing no fee, no interest loans. Um, you know, you can apply online at our website. Actually, you can get to it right from the homepage of FIA. And we are, uh, and those, we get those out to you in a couple days. And you can use that for rent, utilities, things like that um, to help, you know, and that's because we're, we're worried that some people are going to get caught without leave. Um, right. Some already have. And so if you are someone who got caught with leave, you got sick before Families First Act was passed, please come to us, right? We're here to help you. Um, but I'm also worried that when we get to May, people may have exhausted that leave, that right. additional leave. And if more is not provided, then we will see people with leave without pay. And as I say, and people who know me say, there are a lot more feds that are low income than most people realize. And if you have a couple kids and you make $50,000 or $40,000 and you don't get your paycheck, um, because you were sick with the virus, this is going to be a real serious hit. So we want to respond to those folks. Right. In addition to that, we are providing some grants to the next of kin, um, spouses, children. We've already had some people pass away, a single mother, you know, and we're trying to provide some support there in this terribly difficult time for folks, um, especially, you know, often when people pass away, as you know, you know, it takes a little while to get you know, things in place financially. So we want to provide a little support to bridge in that time. Um, but so we stand ready and I, I just encourage as many people who need help to come to us. Well, and it's just something to, you know, just to mention, I mean, this is, this is not something new to FIA. I mean, this is what FIA does. It, 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 you know, it responds to emergencies like this, the hurricanes, you know, tornadoes, you know, everything um, affecting terrorist attacks. Yes. Right. Which is why, you know, I mean, you all were, 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 you know, sort of ready. You know, we talk about companies that were virtual or ready to be virtual and they were able to kind of, you know, operate without a hitch. You know, I, my, um, you know, my appreciation is that FIA was ready to step in because this is what you do. Um, but you can't do it alone. You're doing and it. And we don't. Okay. Yes. And so I have to say, um, we have so many great individual and institutional supporters. And I will say, you know, right out of the gate, we've had a number of folks come forward. Um, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Care First, Blue Cross Blue Shield, WEPA, long-term care partners, immediately, you know, calling me and saying, how can we help you? We know you're going to be, you're going to be overwhelmed. And and that is just, first of all, just the immediate support. I know, I know we're also talking to GIBA right now. Um, you know, the, the immediate support, both emotionally and financially from the folks that we work with who support feds is, is tremendous. Right. And individuals, you know, um, we do need support from individuals and they can give on our website at fia.org forward slash give. So, um, you know, and that's, and, and that's wonderful. And I encourage people, you know, to get on there. Um, so you were talking about leave, like people, you know, that are 
you know, that are stuck already in the hole or might be in the hole by May and things like that. So certainly nobody planned for this, right? Nobody planned that they were going to run out of leave. They may have had a vacation. Right. They may, have been, they may have had an illness. They may have had surgery. They may have been on, you know, maternity leave, you know, you know, or, or things like that. Um, what, you know, concern feds, you know, about leavers who, you know, are becoming ill or just concerned, you know, what kind of, um, you know, sort of advice are you able to give them um, about mm-hmm. the leave and things, things like that? Because one of the, one of the problems I've seen, um, like particularly with the Families First Act and things like that, a lot of the agencies are a little bit behind on implementing that exactly. or even knowing what the requirement is. You know, yeah. how are you, and I get those questions all the time. And, you know, I try to direct them back to the benefit offices and things like that. I mean, are you guys experiencing the same? Or what are you telling folks? I will say we experienced more of that, like within, you know, the days immediately after it passed. And so that's one of the reasons when we see that and like we put that poster out within hours of because, you know, you have the act. And, you know, for those of you who look at congressional uh, legislative documents, it's it's long, it's complicated. So we were real happy that as soon as the poster came out, you know, like the type of poster you would have in a kitchen in your office, a labor poster. We wanted to get that out to people. Oh, look, Tony is showing it to me right now, <laughs> video. But, but that poster, and then there was additional clarification that came out from OPM, right? And so I think there's a couple of things there. There are always gonna be a couple of unique circumstances you know, in different agencies, maybe maybe key personnel or first responders to these types of positions, right? And how that's handled. Um, and I think labor groups and management organizations can better address the ins and outs of that than I can. But we do want people to be able to say if there's confusion at your local facility to give them the official federal documents and say this is the case. So mm-hmm. before that came out, we know that there were some agencies that I think probably because they were feeling they were going to be overwhelmed or saying we're not advancing leave. Mm-hmm. Um, which they might have done if just one person was sick, right? They might say right. we can eventually for our rules. Right. You know, and one of the things, you know, you just said is, you know, is a bit, you know, chilling to me. You know, we talk about, you know, individuals getting sick, needing leave, you know, and, and things like that. But, um, you know, when a Fed loses their life, you know, and they're the, you know, they're the sole provider, you know, for their family. I mean, that just hits situations, hits it, hits it hard. Um, yeah, it's very difficult. And, you know, we're working with some HR departments, but families can also just email emergency at FIA.org if they have a federal employee family member who passes away from the virus. Um, but that is something that unfortunately I think we're going to be working on. I think we've had a few um, and you're seeing reports in the news, but I, I'm concerned that we are going to have more folks in, in all agencies, but especially those folks in the front lines. Mm-hmm. You know, those folks, Bureau of Prisons, TSA, Customs Board Protection, VA. I mean, this is where a lot of people are on the front lines. They haven't been able to shelter in place. Right. right. Let's um, let me just shift gears and just sort of talk about, I guess, something maybe just a little bit more um, practical um, mm-hmm. for feds. And, and let's talk a little bit about um, teleworking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and teleworking tips, we, you know, I mean, certainly telework has been something that the federal government has been a champion on for, for years, but certainly we were not in this, you know, all hands basically teleworking or 24 um, seven mm-hmm. and it's, and it's new. What are you, what are you hearing from yeah. the federal community? So let, so let me, a couple things. I mean, there's just general telework, like all of America is dealing with right now, if they are in a telework eligible position. And then there's the Fed specific pieces of it, right? So one thing we applaud at FIA, those agencies um, that are expanding the duty hours if, for people, especially when people have kids. So the agencies that are stepping up and saying, hey, our duty hours used to be nine to six, nine to seven, eight to six, whatever. Our duty hours are now going to be 5 a.m. to midnight or whatever, because we know maybe there's you have childcare in between. So you can fill in and work around. When I hear that, I smile because I, this is a very difficult time. And if you have small children at home to care for, um, you know, it's not the same. You know, our children in our house are old. We just say, you know, 
get out, <laughs> go downstairs. Right. And I'm on the walk in. <laughs> right, saw one walk in behind me in the kitchen. But, but if you have a, a five-year-old or a four-year-old, you, you can't do that. So if you would, I, I know some federal families where their agencies have allowed the duty hours to expand so that maybe one spouse gets up, they work, then they care for the child, then they, the other one takes a break. Otherwise, people are going to blow through all of their leave. And we are going to see not only um, mission readiness issues in agencies because people won't be able to work, but we're going to see people in difficult financial straits because they're going to have gone through all leave and they won't be able to pay their bills. So there, and I'm, in my mind, if your agency's mission can be met with individuals having expanded duty hours, I applaud that in anywhere I see it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a constant, you know, sort of balance between, you know, trying to manage what you might be perceiving as as abuses um, and getting the mission the mission done. But for me, it's always it's a common sense approach. Um, you know, I mean, governments are very good at doing large scale things, you know, efficiently, effectively, because they've got a clear set of rules. But sometimes when you have those, like the, the core duty hours, like this is what you're talking about. Right. Sometimes you have these core, you know, set of rules, but in all situations, you know, if you, you're strictly adhering to them, you know, it just ignore, it, you know, ignores all kinds of, of relevant factors. So, yeah, I mean, I think managers, you know, need to, need to, you know, think outside the box. You know, I've been talking to people that have managed virtual teams for years. Um, and, and that is stuff that, that they preach. You know, you have to find other ways to measure getting the right. work done. It doesn't all have to get done between nine, between nine and five. And, you know, and what is the, what is the, what is the other option? You will have them just to take leave and somebody's not, not getting the work done. Um, right. You know, I mean, I get these calls all the time. People, I got to, you know, my, I can't bring somebody in to care for my, my son or daughter. And, and then, if, then I'm getting calls if they're sick, you know, and they got to, they got to be the primary, primary um, caregiver. Um, go ahead. So I, you know, so I think, I mean, that's one area I see. I mean, I, you know, you have two types of feds, right? You have feds who've been maybe regularly or have had experience teleworking and you have people who their agency said everybody now teleworks, right? So that's new. Um, so for the new people, because I feel like the people who've been doing it for a while probably have some routines in place for themselves. For the new people, there's resources on our page on the, you can get to. But I also think there's just some, some of these basic things like having a routine, you know, because sometimes the days can actually get very long. You can have the opposite thing. People might be worried about people not working. I think you can also have burnout. People are working all the time because maybe they don't have other things they can do, right? right. Yeah. Um, with our team, you know, we're all telework ready. Um, we had people occasionally telework. We did not have a lot of regular teleworking at PIA. But, uh, you know, we're on many times a week on video. Um, and I, I've said this in, in other circumstances, this is an important time for managers and colleagues to check on each other on a human level. Um, this is unprecedented. We have never seen anything like this in our lifetimes. And, you know, that checking with people on a human level, do they have what they need? Are they feeling okay? How is their, how are their loved ones bearing? Those extra few minutes of care make a really big difference. And I encourage everybody to do that. No, you're right. And that's just, that's the human connection, the connectivity um, that sometimes um, will be less, you know, I found it important. I know we keep talking about our own experiences, but that's what's, you know, for me to check in with, you know, with my team, you know, see how they're, you know, they're doing, having, you know, scheduled daily calls, um, you know, you know, with them. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I'm starting to, I'm somebody that focus, tries to focus on the the upside of things, the positive side of things. So a lot of good things are, you know, coming out of, you know, having these, these scheduled conversations um, with, with people, with people on my team. But I think that's an important piece of it to keep everybody involved um, and together because that sort of feeling of, of isolation um, out there, you know, getting up, it's the same, you know, it's the same routine today. Mm-hmm. What um what advice since we're talking about routine what advice do you hear professionals giving you know on you know the importance of keeping you know a routine Yeah so I think it's overall a routine and kind of the mental health thing I think you know some people you know getting up taking a shower maybe putting on your work clothes or at least something that resembles your work clothes puts you in the mood right having a space now it's hard if you live in a small 
dwelling or uh, I have a friend who lives in a studio in New York City, it's hard to kind of go to a different workspace, right? But if you have a space that you can dedicate um, in our house, we're splitting up here. So, you know, during the day, it's the kitchen table for me. Um, and at night, it becomes the dinner table. Uh, having a space, getting outside, taking the right breaks. You know, it could be easy to get sucked in and work through all your meals and everything like that, or eat, eat lunch at your desk. You know, um, you got to get outside, go for a walk if you can. And if you're in a place where you can't walk because of the city or, you know, whatever, open the windows if you can. Get a little air. Right. Um, I also want to say that many of the FEHB providers um, are providing telemedicine around mental health too. And you can access the links. You can go to your plan page and look at what they're offering because, you know, some people, maybe this is the first time they're dealing with some severe anxiety or depression. Maybe they haven't done that before. And this is an okay time to reach out and see what resources are available to you. Right. Your poor friend in New York, she'll have to, you know, just move the chair from one, one of the, from one side of the, the room to the other. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's what I've got an employee who's, who's, um, who's got a studio here in DC too. And it's the same thing. Like when we have our zoom calls, I'll see like, Oh, you moved your chair at the other side of the table. It looks better that way. <laughs> it's, there's more air there. So you're on Fed Talk, and we are talking with Joyce Warner, the executive director of FIA, discussing the impact COVID-19 has on so many federal employees and what resources FIA is making available to help feds. When we return, we'll wrap up our discussion with Joyce after this word from our sponsor. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. One team working all three branches. Judicial, legislative, executive. Judicial. SB&R employment attorneys offer specialized legal representation for federal managers. Legislative. Lobbyists in government and public affairs advocating for corporate clients. Executive. Produces two free weekly newsletters, Fed Manager and Fed Agent. Shaw, Bransford, and Roth is your one destination for all three branches of government. Online at shawbransford.com. SB&R. Client-focused. Results-driven. Welcome back to Fed Talk on the Federal News Network. I'm Tony Bernetti from Fed Protection, and I'm here with Joyce Warner, the Executive Director of FIA. So, Joyce, um, thanks so much for the information today. Um, it's wonderful all the things um, you know that FIA has been able to put together and respond so rapidly for for Feds. Um, but before I let you go, um, you know I would like for you to talk about some of the some of the events. Um, that you're involved in and doing to, you know, to raise money so that you can continue to help do do the great work that you do. Um, I know one of the events you know, that's near and dear to, to myself here at Feds is the Public Service Walk and Run. That's um, in May of every year during Public Service Recognition Week. Obviously, that was canceled. That was, you know, obviously a hard pill um, for you all. Um, but t- tell us some of the other things that that you're involved in and and sort of how you see the rest of the year going for you with fundraising and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that, of course, was a huge disappointment to us because it's a big event at National Harbor every year. And we have people participate virtually. But, you know, our board decided early on that we could see that it was not going to be safe or opened up by then. Um, so uh, Federal News Network and Tom Temin actually are hosting a charity motorcycle ride for us at the end of June. And FIA and Friends of NIH are the official charities of that event. Um, and it's in the DC metro area. And I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful, I haven't talked to Tom for a couple of weeks, but I'm hopeful that that can go on because I definitely think we could put motorcycles six feet apart. Um, <laughs> and they'll have helmets with masks. And they'll have masks and helmets on. And they'll have masks and helmets. So um, I'm really hoping we can, we can still have that event. Uh, and, and we're so thankful to Federal News Network and Tom for, for putting that together. Um, and then this year, for the first time ever, FIA um, is going to be a Marine Corps Marathon charity partner, which we are super excited about. Now, I, I will caveat that with saying that the Marine Corps Marathon 
the big event in October, of course, but they run smaller races. I mean, smaller in numbers of humans throughout the year and of different lengths. And they've had to cancel some of those. And, and I think what we're hearing now versus a month ago is, you know, we're not sure what will happen in October um, with such a large event. Right. Um, they've already let us know, though, that we would be a partner next year in 2021. So, you know, for us, it's um, we hope it's going to happen this year. Um, and you can find out more about that at fia.org forward slash MCM for Marine Corps Marathon to join the FIA team. But even if you join this year and the event is postponed, then you can be on our team next year. So, um, and we are excited to be part of that very large event with a number of charities who um, support public servants. Right. And even though you're doing all this stuff, the, the other work, the great work that FIA does just um, continues, right? You're just still working on the, the the loans for other illnesses, home disasters, as, as it comes out. Exactly. I mean, people, I know we're talking every day about the virus and the pandemic, but people are getting sick and other things, life is happening. Other yeah. things are happening to people. They're, unfortunately, they have cancer. Other other things happen. Yeah, um, we're not put on hold for us to, for us to deal with that. You're, you're certainly right. Well, thanks so much for your time, Joyce. Um, I'd like to now welcome to the show, Greg Klingler, the Director of Wealth Management at GIBA. Um, to the show. Giva is a nonprofit member, gov member government-owned employee benefit association dedicated to serving federal employees, retirees, military, and contractors, primarily within the, the NSA, National Security Agency. Greg, thanks for your patience. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tony. Great to be here. Sure. So if, just, if you could just for a few minutes, just sort of introduce Giva to our, to our listeners, for those that may not be familiar. Oh, absolutely. So GIBA Government Employees Benefit Association, it's been around since 1957. Um, in 1957, we were created, um, frankly, because our home agency did not have access to really any benefits. Um, our creation set the stage for offering those benefits to the agency as a whole. And since then, we've been dedicated to work to support our agency in whatever need that they have. Um, over the last 60 years or so, the needs have obviously changed very dramatically. OPM has stepped in, health insurance, Fegley has stepped in. Um, but our goal to help our members, to help our employees serve their mission just a little bit easier, um, that may, that is going to be our goal um, now and into the future. So let's talk a little bit. Let's jump right into it. I mean, the the, the financial market is certainly in daily turmoil. You know, it's, it's a roller coaster. It's up and down. Um, you know, what kind of advice, you know, are you are you sort of giving your members, you know, what kind of general, I guess, commentary are you telling them about what's happening in the market? So the first goal is to kind of understand, help them understand what's happening. Um, you know, we're dealing with a situation where um, everybody is working from incomplete information. Anybody who says they know what's going to happen, they don't. Um, and, and, and that's the reality uh, we've never seen in modern day markets a pandemic sweep across the world that has the contagious nature as well as mortality of what we're seeing with COVID-19. Um, we've never seen a, a coordinated worldwide economic shutdown that we've seen over the last six to eight weeks. So we're all dealing with bits and pieces of information. And that's kind of the result. The result that we're seeing is this sawtooth pricing in the market where the market's up uh, 10% one day, down 12% the next, up 8% the next, down 6%. And this is this sawtooth that we're seeing as people are grasping on small pieces of information and trying to make long-term decisions accordingly. Um, that's really what we're seeing on, on, a, on an overall basis. Now, right. a lot of people have said that, you know, we're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'd say three weeks ago, there was no light. It is now starting to come into play where we're starting to, it's becoming more visible. As we're hitting what a lot of states are referring to as the peak of the bell curve, things are gonna start getting better going forward and we're gonna start seeing a lot more clarity in the information that we're receiving. Now understand the market has gone down. People are trying to price in the long-term ramifications of this, um, but we're gonna see some very negative economic and financial data at the, you know, over the next three to six months. Um, one of the important things to note, though, is your financial plan, if it was good in February, it's still good today. Bear markets, any good financial advisor is going to build in for the probability of a bear market. 
Bear markets are not uncommon. Everybody sees it. A financial advisor or a good portfolio is going to plan for that. The unique thing about this is why the bear market occurred in this case, which is the pandemic. You know, it's interesting, something you, you said there, um, which is interesting, you know, you know, my background's a little bit in insurance. You say nobody knows. It makes me think of an actuary when an actuary does a pick and things like that. The only thing that means is that's that's wrong. I mean, no nobody really knows what's what's going on. What's I mean, they know generally what's going on, but nobody really you know can give you a crystal ball. Um, which which I think makes it even more important to have what you call is a plan. Um, you know, in place. You know, when when the market's flying high, right? You know, even I sitting on a, on a on an exercise ball here can pick stocks sometimes. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. And I like to say the reason I work with the financial advisor is because I know just enough to do myself real damage. But you know, in times like this, I you know, I know you're not allowed to say this as a financial advisor, but now's the time to really think about talking to a financial advisor if you don't already, you're not already working with one or you don't have a plan in place because i i think sort of right now is a long-term plan whatever your long term is it could be five years 10 years 15 years 20 years you know just for me i just think that's that's very beneficial um you know for people to have absolutely you know so so what kind of like i guess just specific you know advice are, are you giving to people that are i'm certain you're getting calls that people are panicking right yeah in markets like this, um, the expectation is you're going to be talking to a lot of people, pretty much everybody who has investments with you. Um, at GIBA, we've been actively being very proactive in that approach, making sure that our members are informed, reminding them of what we did long term when we set the plan in place on what was going to protect them going forward. Um, the thing that people really need to remember is if you had a financial plan or if you have a well-diversified portfolio, it was designed to protect things exactly like this. There was an aspect of equities, which go up and down with the market, and there was an aspect of some sort of fixed accounts, which in theory are not going to go up and down with the market. As equities decrease, you want to start spending the money if you need it from the fixed side and let those equities grow. Um, the average time that it takes for a bear market to bounce back is 3.2 years. Now, we don't know what's going to happen going forward. But if I told you 3.2 years, if you can sit back and let your equities grow, you know, that, that's something that's realistic for, a, for an awful lot of people. So mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the conversations that we have an awful lot with our membership uh, day in and day out. Um, and basically, the goal is to talk them off the ledge before they get on the ledge. Right, right. And I like what you're saying, you know, emotional decisions, trying to avoid them making, you know, knee jerk, you know, emotional decisions which is, you know, quite frankly, you were talking about it, which is easier said than done, you know, from our perspective, it's not our money, right? Um, you know, but but how do you impress upon them kind of the, the importance of sticking to the plan? Well, you know, the, the, the financial markets are the one place where people hate buying things on sale. You know, you look at any other industry, any other thing that people buy, whether it be a car or um, a steak, um, people like buying things when it's cheaper. The financial world, for whatever reason, it's emotionally different. People like buying things when it's hot. In times like this, when the market goes down, the professional investor is going to be able to find pockets of opportunity. Um, that, that's just a fact. Um, you know, studies have shown that, typically speaking, an investor is going to feel the pain of loss far more than the pleasure of gains. So we need to just tell people about that, remind them that these things happen and these things are natural to get them to try to step back from those emotions and make rational decisions. Is there any specific advice, I guess you're giving the federal workers um, any, with regard to the TSP um, or anything like that for them to look at, or is it just really to stick to their plan? Well, again, if you have a good plan, you should stick to it, but that, that really is the key. If you don't have a plan, then you maybe maybe you don't stick to that because that could be the absolute worst thing that you could do. Mm -hmm. As far as federal employees go, um, the first thing that you have to realize is the TSP is one leg of your three-legged stool for, for those first employees. So you wanna look at your financial plan combined with your other pensions. Um, federal employees typically have that pension where private sector employees do not. 
That's very, very important because when we look at risk tolerance, we look at two dates, the date that you're going to start taking money and the date that you're going to finish taking the money. And we look at what the dollars are in place and what dollars are not going to be spent for a long period of time. Those dollars that are not going to be spent for the long period of time are can effectively take a lot of risk and ride the ups and downs of the market. And federal employees have that pension, which means they're going to spend money a little bit slower than your, than your traditional private sector employee. You know, that's an excellent point. You know, the one that I just didn't think of, is just sort of reminding them that it's, that it's, you know, the TSB is just one of, of three. And, and this is a particular area where you might be, you know, in a little bit of a better position than, than your friends in the, you know, in the, in the private sector. Um, something that I've just told people, and it's not just with financial advice, business and things like that is like, look, right now is it's a temporary problem that we have, you know, and you should not base or make long things that affect long-term decisions or long-term results based upon a simple temporary problem. If, as you point out, you got a good plan in place. Um, that, that's absolutely correct. Um, understanding that, but again, definitely harder to do than to talk about. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to have to stop here for our third and final break to hear a word from our sponsor. When we return, we'll wrap up today's discussion with Greg Klingler, the Director of Wealth Management at Giva. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on the Federal News Network. We are entering our last segment of the show. So, Greg, before we took our, our break here, we were we were talking a little bit about um, federal employee specific retirement choices, and I was asking you questions about TSP. Um, you know what advice you're giving them? Um, how are the funds? I guess the TSP funds um, performing? Well, I mean, typically with the market, uh, the TSP is consists of broad based indexes. Um, so very, very low expense ratios, which for the last two decades have been excellent. Um, but because they're broad based um, indexes, there's really no active management. So there's no taking part in um, pockets of risk or avoiding pockets of risk and taking parts of uh, pockets of opportunity. Um, and when it comes to the TSP, there's not a lot of changes that you can make. That's also something that's important to understand. You have these five funds and then you have the, the target date funds that are a, a combination of the five funds. Um, we hit our peaks approximately on February the 18th, where we hit the, the market highs, all-time highs. Um, and then we fell approximately 30% between February 18th and March 23rd. Um, and that, that did scare a lot of people as people were dealing with all that uncertainty. The market, frankly, likes bad news better than uncertainty. So that's what, that's what we saw a lot until the federal government jumped in. Um, since then, the markets are up. I funds up about 20% since the bottom. Um, the C funds up about 27% since the bottom. Now they're down year to date, absolutely, but they have bounced. Now, one thing that kind of interesting to, for me when it comes to the TSP though is the I fund. <laughs> Excuse me. The uh, the I fund, which we've been trying to change for about four years now, very very actively, to take into account emerging markets and to take into account China. Um, because it had been lagging its contemporaries, the positioning of the iFund now without China and without emerging markets and without those emerging market currencies um, actually led to the iFund doing better than its contemporaries over the course of this, this downturn. Um, so having the iFund was actually a positive more so than your traditional private international funds. So um, that combination still creates the diversification that you need. Um, we are down year to date. If you're looking to, to generate in, um, returns in those pockets of opportunities, you're not really going to get that with the TSP. But the TSP Modernization Act has actually given a lot of federal employees the ability to move money out and put portions of their money in places where they can take advantage of those opportunities. I mean, just, you know, I think of when I was um, in the federal government as a baby lawyer many, many years ago, and there was only three three available funds and just started FERS and all that stuff. So it's really, 
um, come a long way, you know, and, and, you know, as a private sector person now, I'm still a little bit, um, you know, jealous, I guess, that there are all these options um, open to federal employees. And I, and I, I just, I sort of wonder people I talk to, whether they know that there are all these, you know, options available to them, you know, do they know that they can move it out into other places where they get more flexibility? Um, you know, I, I, talking to our membership and we do talk to about <clears throat> um, between three and 5,000 people about their finances every single year. Um, information is not readily available. Um, OPM and TSP, they've done a very good job announcing it, but you know, you're only going to get, get to the people who are willing to read it. Um, I would say from the people that we talk to, about 20% know exactly what they have with this TSP Modernization Act and the ability to move money in and out and to take advantage of the, uh, the flexibility of withdrawals, which was one of the weaknesses of the TSP before this was put into place. But a lot of people still don't quite realize that all, the, all that flexibility does exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would just, you know, talk a little bit about the, the resources that you guys offer at GIBA. I know um, on your website, there's a wealth of you know, information, you're doing webinars and you're constantly trying to get out there and, and reach your, your members and others to, to make sure that they, they have this information to get that important plan that we're talking about, about in place. You know, one of the most important services that we are offering now is educating people on how to make their lives better tomorrow than they are today. That's, that's the goal. That's our mission, um, and that's what we take very seriously. Just since we're talking about it, let me just give out the website. It's giba.com, right? Dot com. G A dot com. Um, it's very it's very easy to um, find the information. They have a whole wealth management section on there. Um, would encourage people you know, to really really take a look at that. Um, let me let me sort of um, you know ask. Um, you're getting questions. Um, from from feds about let me let me just sort of set this up a little bit like i was talking to a federal employee who who was home and unfortunately you know the one was talking to me was not doing the job like he should be doing and was telling me that he spent the whole day day trading and things like that and he's taking available what he saw is all these you know opportunities or options trading and things like that but i'm not going to ask you about that because it's a whole different conversation <laughs> but do you get people you know like you know, are there opportunities here? Are there real opportunities, you know, now that, you know, the market's sort of adjusting a little bit, you know, how are you kind of, you know, managing people that want to come in and do that bargain, bargain shopping? Well, so one of the things that I, one of our, I guess, cultural investment uh, strategies that we use is we do look at valuation. Um, and when you deal with a market that has gone down 20 or 25 or 30%, um, it creates potential valuation opportunities, um, but we don't look to day trade. Um, day trading, it's throwing darts. Um, you hope you can hit it right, but in a lot of cases, you're not gonna hit it right. You're gonna remember when you do, and that's gonna keep you motivated to keep doing that. We, we have seen that people trying to time the market in that way generally don't do as well as they think they do. Right. Now, with that being said, when you say opportunities, now long-term opportunities, Companies with good capitalization that are going to be round around when the dust settles, that were good companies in February before the downturn, that are going to be good companies in um, November, potentially, after everything has kind of settled out. Um, if you can get that company at a 25% discount or a 30% discount, that has a lot of potential. Um, looking at industries that have been heavily hit, like the financials, like energy, like travel, like hotels, like high yield bonds. Those are all things that have been hit very, very hard. So this is not me advocating purchasing, jumping into these industries. This is me advocating, if you're looking for pockets of opportunity, maybe those places are where you point your attention to. Right, or the airline industry. Um, but it's Absolutely. Fun. You mentioned, day, I always want to give this example because I feel like I could help people that day trading is like throwing darts. I remember back in, before the dot-com bust, like in 96 and 97, I did a, a little bit of that. And so like yeah. a little bit of money that I made in the first three months of doing that, and then I lost it all. But I, I distinctly remember coming away with it thinking, man, that was an important lesson to learn at a sort of a relatively young investment age. 
Um, and I just sort of like to tell that story to people that are listening because you're right. It is it is like like throwing darts unless you are a professional trader, you know, out there. Yeah, absolutely. What, it, what are you doing? What do you hear about people who have spouses um, that are maybe in the private sector? You know, by and large, federal employees' job is secure right now. Um, we're not hearing a lot of the federal sector going through layoffs or maybe they're not eligible for overtime and things like that. But there are a heck of a lot of um, layoffs happening out there um, in the community. You know, Macy's laid off 120,000 people. Um, you know, the service industries, everybody's just hit, hit really hard, you know, and it's like, you know, it's, it's really about their livelihood these days. Um, what kind of, what do you hear about that? And what kind of advice are you able to give to your members? Yeah, so it's, it's those dual income federal employees where one person is a federal employee, the other person's in the private sector. Um, we are seeing those people um, feel a lot of that pain and worry about a lot of that uncertainty. You know, federal employees that we work with primarily, um, as you said, they don't necessarily have that stress, but as a family unit, they do. Now, the great thing is the government, uh, federal and state, jumped in with both feet to help out. They learned from their mistakes in 2007 and 2008, and they really took very drastic, very quick steps to protect people as best as they could. Um, some of the most powerful features are associated with the, um, the CARES package. It allows people to take out money from their retirement account before they're 59 and a half with no penalty up to $100,000. They'll still pay taxes, but they can actually pay that money back. So almost can kind of consider that a short-term loan to yourself. That could provide you the liquidity, liquidity that you need. Um, scattered throughout the news more than anything else is the stimulus checks. Right. Um, singles who make um, less than 75,000, phased out up to 100,000 times two if you're a couple, those will be going out. Now, the reality it is, I mean, that amount of money, that'll be very helpful for people. Long-term, that's not going to fix a lot of things. Um, what could be more powerful, though, is the changes that they made to unemployment. They've increased the amount for unemployment pretty dramatically, and they extended the length of unemployment. So that has the potential to help people out, I'd say, more than anything else. Um, now, keep in mind, if you are getting unemployment, it is a taxable event. Most people do not have taxes taken out when they receive the checks. So just be aware of that so you're not surprised when you do your taxes next year. So um, that's going to be all the time we have for the show today. I want to um, encourage our listeners. We've really only scratched the surface. So um, get on FIA's website, FIA.org. And if you're able to contribute, I would encourage you to, to look into doing that. Um, there's a wealth of information on Giba's website that, that you should get on. Um, if you have questions about managing your finances, it's Giba.com. So Joyce and Greg, thank you guys so much for spending some time with us today. Appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Please continue to be careful as we continue to monitor COVID-19 and take the necessary precautions for ourselves and our fellow citizens. We again send our deepest gratitude to all those who are on the front lines fighting this pandemic. We are all in this together and we will get through this together. Just a reminder that Fed Talk is brought to you by the attorneys, Michelle Bransford and Roth. Try to have a good and healthy weekend, everybody.